Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast and this week's episode of Property News from around the UK and within the progressive property community. So let's get started with the news from around the UK. And in Landlord Today, there's an article about how evictions could take up to six months longer than usual now that the eviction ban has come to an end. So an eviction specialist says that the average time to evict a tenant is going to soar. In 2019, the time for an eviction from getting an order issued at court to gaining possession would take an average of 44.5 weeks to complete via county courts. That's ridiculous in itself. But the eviction specialist Darren Simcox, chairman of the Court Enforcement Services, says that the average time to evict could take an additional six months on top of that 44-week period. It's crazy. Have you been affected by an eviction over the lockdown? Are you looking to get tenants evicted? Um, has Have you ex- any experience of this? Have you seen this happen to you? I'd love to know. Darren believes that landlords should be given the option to pay for a high court enforcement officer to carry out their eviction rather than having to wait for the county court to transfer cases up to the high court, as is currently the process. It's crazy that non-paying tenants could get the opportunity to wait in a property for over a year before they can be removed from that property. All the time the property is going down in value, maybe the property is getting damaged. There's got to be a change in the system and definitely needs to be some sort of change. And maybe the change into the Section 21 notices and improvements to Section 8 could speed up the process. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe it's going to be a good thing. Um, I can't wait for one to see what will happen over the coming months. Although... I won't hold up too much expectation on it. What I would say for um, is I've got over 300 tenants and we've only ever once had to take tenants to court for an eviction. And the reason for that is good systems, good processes. And many people that get caught out are landlords who take on tenants themselves. They don't reference them properly. Or they use a letting agency without referencing that agency properly, without checking out their systems, finding out, getting references for that agency. So make sure that you are, whether you're doing tenant referencing yourself, you're moving tenants in, or whether you're using a letting agency, make sure you're using a reputable one or you're making sure that you've got the right systems and procedures in place to check your tenants. One bit of paperwork not filled in before a tenant moved in, and that can cause serious problems in the court eviction process. There are some great tenants out there. There's some big, big money to be made in property. But at the same time, we do not want to have the wrong type of tenants in our properties that are going to take advantage of the situation. So, yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts on the evictions at the moment. If you've been affected by non-paying tenants through the pandemic, what you've done about it, how you're helping your tenants who are genuinely not able to pay and how you're dealing with those ones that have have no interest or no, no want to pay, even though they probably can. Um, Head over to the Progressive Property Facebook community. I'd love to start a discussion on tenant evictions, on the whole process. And there's over 36,000 active property investors in there. So why not head over if you're not already a member? If you are a member, let's get a discussion going. Tag me in all about tenant evictions. 
In other news, you're probably aware now that the Green Homes Grant that the government introduced in um, 2019 has been scrapped. So you had to scrap the Green Homes Grant. Why? Well, at, who knows? But at the, at the end of February, over 123,000 applications for the grant had been submitted and only 28,000 vouchers had been issued. And out of the 28,000 vouchers issued, only 5,800 energy efficient installations were actually made. So 5,800 installations out of 123,000 applications. And there's an estimated 19 million homes in the UK that require energy efficiency improvements. And the government, remember, they're the ones with the target to achieve the zero carbon emissions by 2050. Some chance they've got if the scheme to deliver it has been ended. So I wonder what they're going to bring out next. Have they even got a plan? Have they got rid of it because of the cost of all the pandemic has caused to the government, to the economy? Who knows? But if they're going to achieve their 2050 targets, they need to do something quite quickly because 19 million homes, that's a lot of properties. So yeah, yeah. Um, Green Homes Grant, is there anything new out there? Is there anything the councils are offering out there? Um, at the moment, locally, I've spoke to my council. There's nothing really available. It'd be, yeah, if you know of anything in your councils, sometimes they're council dependent. What is available out there in terms of green home grants? Are you planning when you take on new properties, if you're doing refurbs, are you now looking at them and doing it in a different way? I know we just did a six bed HMO in the last few months. And what we've done with that property is we've installed an air source heat pump. So rather than putting in a boiler, we had already ripped everything out. So we took the opportunity to install an air source heat pump and um, it'll pay itself back over the next seven years. Plus, it means it's a more energy efficient property. So are you looking to change the way you do your refurbs? Again, would love to hear what your thoughts are um, within the progressive property community. And sticking to the energy performance certificate um, team, there's also now a extra lending or new products on the marketplace for energy efficient homes. So Paragon has launched a range of 80% loan to value buy to let mortgages specifically for properties with an energy performance rating of A to C. The new range aims to encourage landlords to invest in energy efficient properties and increase the proportion of A to C rated properties in the private rental sector. The number of buy-to-let properties with an energy rating of A to C has increased by 272% over the past decade to 1.8 million. But approximately 6 out of 10 homes in the buy-to-let sector are still at grade D or below. So Paragon introducing a new 5-year fixed rate, starting rates at 3.99% for purchase and remortgage. And they include free valuations, no product fees and a £350 cashback. So... Are they looking for publicity? Is it going to be the next big thing? Cheaper mortgages if you've got more energy efficient homes? I think we could see a lot of this coming and a lot of other lenders following suit on it. But at the end of the day, it's always the small print as well. So um, yeah, keep an eye out for Paragon. Keep an eye out for other lenders entering the marketplace, offering specific mortgages, higher loan to values, Okay, maybe little, maybe similar interest rates, but certainly more borrowing, so a higher loan to value than other products out there. 3.99% interest rate. I've seen some better products out there at 75% loan to value. But remember, 80% loan to value products, it might be the difference between getting all your money out of a deal on a refinance or leaving some money in. And your return on your capital employed, that's an important figure. So will other lenders follow suit? Let's wait and see. If they do, I'll update you here on the podcast.
So let's now look at some news from within the progressive property community. And Keely Simpson has posted uh, saying she's taking part in her first auction. Any key buying tips, please? So there's a lot of interest in this post um, from people who are already doing auction purchases, people who are interested in auction purchases. Kathleen Horler says, most important is to stick to your maximum price. Don't be tempted to bid further. Great advice, Catherine. Fiona Lawrence says, no emotion. This is business and all that matters is the figure a good look. Gary McCarthy says, if you're down to the last two and you're close to the other bidder, move a few steps away. I've been at an auction where two bidders are a few feet apart through and they both thought they'd won. A guy that didn't get awarded it was livid as he'd gone higher if he didn't think he was winning. That's actually a really good point because the auctioneer could be pointing at you and you're standing beside each other. So step away. Azzy Ibao has said, legal packs, get a solicitor to read the legal advice. Visit the property in person, speak to local agents and understand why it is in auction. Be mindful of properties which have come into the catalogue very close to the auction date. They can look attractive but too close to the auction date to be able to research it properly. And lots of lots of great advice and loads of comments all around tips on buying at auction. I actually have a property auction buying training. So I've put together an online property auction buying training course for Progressive Property. And I go into all the detail about how to win big at auction, whether that be selling at auction or buying at auction. There's tricks of the auction house. There's tricks the auctioneers will play. There's positions in the auction house that you want to be putting your property in uh, in the lots. So the certain lot levels, so lots mean the, the number lot one, lot two, lot three in the auction house and at certain stages of the auction is a great place to have your property marketed. There's certain parts that are not the best place to be and in certain times if you're selling and if you're buying you want to take a completely different approach to the auction. Also really important things like the small print. Don't get caught out by realizing that after you've bought you've got like a £6,000 buyer's fee and you have to pay the legal cost for the seller and you've got all these additional costs that you weren't aware of. So knowing your numbers, reading the legal pack, all of this stuff is so so vital. So if you're thinking about buying at auction, if you're interested in buying at auction, reach out to me. I have put together an auction training that can keep you safe and making you money in auction houses. Jack Nowicki has done a post asking what people's opinions are of the two squared property strategy. So maybe you've not heard of the two squared property strategy. So how it works is you split a house in two and you rent it to two separate LHA tenants on an LHA rate. So it can be a really good strategy to get additional income. However, what are people's opinion of the strategy? So Matt Greenhill has said great strategy when done correctly. Kevin Britton has said, I have 14 properties that I converted to this strategy from HMOs. I get nearly as much rent, but significantly less hassle and maintenance costs. So a higher return overall when compared. I still have several HMOs still to switch over. Gary Hall, though, has said, terrible. We've blocked everyone in our group who peddle it. Um, that started a little bit of a debate. Curious as to why it is seen as terrible. So Gary has come in and said, the problem is the way that the deal or concept was marketed. People posting or acting as though they were having a genuine conversation with those who were responding to the post, yet were, were involved in the scheme. They also refused to provide any type of backup of what they were saying, despite being asked by admin on a number of occasions. So you've got to be careful of people who are peddling the two squared strategy and maybe don't do it. Maybe they don't fully understand how that strategy works. Is it a good strategy? Yes. 
is it a simple strategy? Absolutely. It's just really a, a single let by to let strategy where you put two tenants in under one roof and they get LHA rates. There's not a huge amount to the strategy. So for anyone who's interested in the two squared strategy or what it is, it's quite simple really is you've got two tenants both have to be single, they've got to be over the age of 35, they've got to be claiming local housing authority, so LHA rate, rates from the council. Now you can apply to the council and have those rents paid directly to you. You'd have to do that before they move in, so you get the tenants and the council to confirm that they're happy to do that, because what you wouldn't really want to do is have the rents paid directly to one of the tenants. If one of the tenants wasn't paying and the other one was, you may have an issue getting rents from that tenant. So making sure that you get the rents directly you got them. They're over the age of 35. They're single. They're on LHA. You put two tenants on LHA rates into the same property and you'll get more rent for that property than you would if you let it to a family or let it to a single, uh, you know, LHA type housing benefit family or single mom with a baby or something. So it is a good strategy to get extra rent out of a property. It does come with its challenges with having two individuals. If one of them were to move out, you've got to find a similar type of property person to move in. But yes, it can be a good strategy, but it is at the end of the day, a single let buy to let strategy, but you let to two individual ASTs instead of one. And finally, let's finish on some news that's a little bit more fun or scary. I'm not sure which. So Rich Hebden says, has anybody ever bought a property to later find out that it's haunted? So lots of comments on this as well. Um, John Isaac said, no, but I've hoped to. Andrew Smith, no, no one ever has. No one ever has, really, Andrew? And um, Johnny K says, my dad is, dad's is haunted 100%. It's built on old council flats. Steve Arthur has said, no, but I've bought one or two that have haunted me. Excellent, Steve, excellent. Sab Sanchez says, I have clients who have bought a few houses before where, where decades ago used to ha house satanic rituals. And ever since they report strange figures or things moving in the house. Okay, Sabs, can you give us the address and make sure I go nowhere near there? John Morton says, I bought a house in Penzance, which I thought was haunted, only to find out we had tenants in the loft that I didn't know about. They soon disappeared when we found them. It has two youngsters who had run away from home and became squatters in our loft. They scared the bejesus out of my guys. Oh my God. Steve Denby says only ever haunted by noisy neighbours. Adam L. Nager has said the lovely thing about a haunted house is you always have company. Excellent, Adam. No need for a relationship. You've just got the ghosts. Vaz Aslam says my old flat was haunted. My niece came to stay when she was young and ended up crying all the time. I asked the, the number neighbour regarding the previous tenant. She said she had an elderly lady that died in the flat and was there sometimes. Are you okay? Craig Williams in the community says I'm a paranormal investigator as well as an investor. So if you need anything looking into, who are you going to call? I'm not sure you are, Craig, but good comment. Lynn Conway says, years ago I bought an old Wesleyan chapel and although I don't believe in ghosts, it was haunted. Even the dog would chase it. <laughs> okay, I think that would probably make me believe in them, Lynn. Kerry Denton's actually say, yes, I'm living in one. It's no joke, that's for sure. So I think you're not joking, Lynn, or Kerry. Ian S. Rutter has said, yes, the house I lived in when I was a kid 
Burbage village in Buxton, Derbyshire. Old man on the first floor and two girls in the attic. Loved it. Ian, you're a strange man. Andrew Frodsham says, I think I've, I'm followed around by my nan in every house I've lived in. She always She's always appearing, but always walks into a wall and disappears, but seems to be very reassuring. As things change... When she appears three days running, there's always a death of a friend or family member. Andrew, are you serious? Okay, I'm going to stop reading some of these because I'm freaking myself out just reading these comments. If you want to read all of these comments, because there is 50 odd comments all about haunted houses and ghosts there, get yourself over to the Progressive Property Facebook community. So just type in Progressive Property Community on Facebook, click the join button and just search for the post by Rich Hebden, H-E-B-D-E-N, all about has anyone ever bought a property and later found out to it's haunted. And some really interesting comments in there. So based on that scary-ish finish to this week's podcast, um, remember we're out on iTunes and Stitcher every single week, a new episode of the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed and make sure that you're also over and, and watching the YouTube videos. I'm doing videos and some of the other progressive trainers are doing videos every single week sharing knowledge on our property journeys properties we're buying property we're refurbishing all types of knowledge around property over on the progressive property youtube channel as well so you've been listening to the progressive property podcast i've been kevin mcdonald you've been amazing i'll see you next week